us a day that you have made. Therefore, our hearts will rejoice. Hallelujah. And be glad in it. We thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness, your tender mercies that have been granted to us again this day. Indeed, without you, we can do nothing. We'd be miserable failures floating on the sea of life. Lord, we'd be like a ship without a sail, like a ship without an anchor. But you have provided for us and made ways for us and blessed us and given us this opportunity to be in your house once again. Lord, we thank you for all our ears have heard and what our hearts have felt. And we pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you will move in a mighty way, hallelujah, and speak to the needs of our hearts and stir somebody's heart and soul. Lord, that they might draw closer to you, that someone might surrender to you, that someone might yield their lives completely to you today. We can do nothing in and of ourselves. We're depending on you, Lord, to move by your spirit. Hallelujah. And do a wondrous work. And so we come against the powers of darkness by the authority that you've given us. And we rebuke Satan. We rebuke the influences of the enemy right now. Every distraction in the name of Jesus. Every spirit that would raise up its head against you. Hallelujah. Let your spirit be made manifest today. Hallelujah. And have your way. Now anoint us and use us for your glory. In the name of Jesus Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together again and bless him. Praise the Lord and thank him for his goodness unto us. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The Lord bless you. You may be seated for a moment in the name of the Lord. How good and how pleasant it is, the Bible says, for brethren to dwell together. Common with this story that uh, was left on record for us in the happening in life of the Lord Jesus may be common to uh, many of you who are members here and who read your Bible often, maybe for some of you it might be the first time you've ever seen this, that's okay, amen, but, amen, but we want you to uh, follow along with us in the name of the Lord, amen. Mark chapter 10, verse 17, uh, begin reading there. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running, and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not kill. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved. 
for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked round about and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answereth again and saith unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? Jesus, looking upon them, saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that have left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and for the gospels. But he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions, and in the world to come, eternal life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. How many love the Lord today? You think you do anyway, don't you? Well, let's test that in the scripture. I want to talk to you today and ask you this question. What won't you give up to follow Jesus? What won't you give up to follow Jesus? I'm going to ask our singers just to share a song with us, amen, more than anything. Amen. Let's listen to the word of this song and don't be entertained. If you know the song, sing with them. Amen. Let's get up and worship the Lord together. God bless you. I lift my hands in total adoration unto you. You reign Put your hands together. Put your hands together and bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What won't you give up to follow Jesus? We have here a very sobering story. The point being this. Some will choose to miss inheriting eternal life for one temporal thing they loved more. Be aware of this. Some of the people that are not going to heaven is not because of an insurmountable number of evil things that they have done. Know that the scripture says all have sinned. 
in Romans 6.23 and come short of the glory of God. But what is so sad is some people are going to get very close to the kingdom and they're not going to make it in. We should have learned this lesson right from the beginning in Genesis chapter 3 when in the Garden of Eden, the Bible says that Eve ate of the fruit. Didn't say that she ate all of the fruit. She couldn't have because Adam was there with her, the Bible said, and he ate also. It probably was just one bite. Praise the Lord. And so I want to encourage you, each one of us today, to give up everything for Jesus so you can have eternal life. This story in the Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels, is actually in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And reading the three of them gives us different details on the same story. We find that according to Matthew and Luke, that this man was young, and Luke says he was a ruler. All three make it clear to us that he was rich. He was wealthy. He had great possessions. And so if you go back to our text in Mark 10 and look at verse 17, I want to share some things with you. Find here about this man some some of his characteristics. First of all, the Bible says he came running. Praise the Lord. He came running to Jesus. Amen. A lot of times today you can't hardly get folks to come to church without almost playing, let's make a deal. Some will tell you, I'll come to your church if you'll come to my church. Some folk worry about how far it is. Folk are worried about how long the service is going to last. But this young man didn't have any argument like that. He came running. And to me, it showed a sign of urgency. And when he finally caught up with Jesus, the Bible says that he kneeled to him. I don't know if he had all the insight and revelation that we have today about who Jesus is, because Jesus is indeed God incarnate. Jesus wasn't just a regular old man uh, off the street somewhere. He was God in human flesh, God in human form. And somehow when this fellow got to him, he kneeled and he worshiped him. And he addressed him with great respect, didn't he? Good master. The only thing that was on his mind is, I want eternal life. Praise the Lord. He asked the right question. He asked, what shall I do? That's important. Because today in many Christian circles, they're telling folk, you don't need to do anything. All you have to do is, all you have to say is, I believe uh, in my heart that Jesus is my Savior and I'm saved. But this man seemed to have more of a, an understanding than that. And I believe that everyone that hears that, that lie, that there's nothing to do, 
feels the answer they receive when they hear that there is nothing to do feels that that's a cheap answer. I feel cheated somewhere along the line. I feel like something must be required of me in coming to Jesus. And I say, you're right. All you have to do is continue to read the scripture and you'll find out there is something you must do if you want to be saved. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lord. Amen. Uh, he addressed Jesus as good. Jesus said, why are you calling me good? The thing you must understand about Jesus Christ is that he was both human and divine. He was very God and he was very man. Nobody else, praise the Lord, has ever been that way. We come into this world as human beings. We don't come into this world as divine beings. Praise the Lord. But the Bible makes it clear in the book of Genesis, amen, in the book of Matthew, that the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. Amen. And that which was conceived in her was of the Holy Ghost. It was not of Joseph. Praise the Lord. It was of God Almighty who described himself in that sense as being his spirit. For John 4.24 says God is a spirit. We've got in our minds because of the artist view that God is an old man sitting on a big golden throne in heaven somewhere. But that is the figment of the human imagination. You cannot see God. He is a spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The only time we've got to see him in some way that we could identify with him is when he came into this world. Jesus Christ, the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Why call thou me good? There is one that is good and that is God. And everybody in here who has a relationship with the Lord ought to be able to concur with what Jesus said because God is good, is he not? The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness or shadow of turning. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, Jesus looked at the man hearing his request, and according to verse 19, amen, he says, you know the commandments. These commandments were given to the Jews by Moses from God, written to us in the book of Exodus, and written again to the second generation of the children of Israel in the book of Deuteronomy, amen. And there are 10 commandments, are there not? Commonly called the Decalogue, a Greek word for 10, praise the Lord. Uh, but I don't know if you know this, the Ten Commandments are actually two parts. Amen. The first four all have to do with our relationship with God. The last six all have to do with our relationship with each other as human beings. And that's what Jesus chose to talk about first. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Is that what the Bible says? Do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. In other words, don't lie, amen. Defraud not, don't 
covet or desire something that someone else has, be it somebody or something, to the point that you are willing to trick or to scheme to get it. Praise the Lord. And the Bible also tells us something that it seems like is death today in the ears of the youth, and that is to honor thy father and thy mother. Praise the Lord. These commandments were given so long ago, but we find today, amen, that they're being broken every day. Hallelujah to God. Uh, and uh, the Bible says that this young man, when he heard this, yeah, he got perhaps a little happy with himself. In verse 20, he says, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. I'm a good boy. I've been doing this uh, from the time I was taught this. Some of us would be honest. We can say that somebody told us about behaving ourselves in this fashion a long time ago too, but we can't answer like this fella did. Amen. We might be guilty of one, two, or maybe all six of these things. Praise the Lord. Uh, uh, but he kind of felt as though he was uh, doing pretty good, felt a little good about himself. Amen. According to... Uh, Verse 20, amen. The Bible says, but you know, Jesus looked at him, amen, and he was saying within himself, oh, this young man doesn't realize, amen, that there is still something missing. He's not as righteous as he thinks he is. He's not as justified as he thinks he is. He is not as worthy as he thinks he is. And you know, sometime today, because we haven't killed anyone, or because we haven't uh, broken into anyone's home, or stolen a vast amount of money from our job, or we haven't held anybody up with a gun, or hit them in the head with a club, amen, and we even have the nerve to give to United Way, amen, or give to some other charity, some of us feel like, well, I'm all right, I'm pretty good, I'm not hurting anybody, uh, I I'm worthy also. But the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one, none that understands, none that seeks after God. Friend, I'm here to let you know, according to the Bible, you're not as good as you think you are. Jesus looked at him lovingly, amen, and he was about to say something, but he didn't need to go into a whole lot of detail with this fella about what he was about to say because he knew what was in him. If you turn to the second chapter of the Gospel of John, I'll show you in verses 23 and 24 exactly what I'm in reference to. John's Gospel, chapter 2, amen, you'll find these words in verse 23, amen. Now when he, when Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover, amen, in the feast day, many believed on his name uh, when they saw the miracles which he did. Verse 24, but Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men, all people, in other words, male and female. Verse 25, and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Do you see that in your Bible? 
Praise the Lord. Do you see it in the word of God? Amen. Jesus didn't need anybody to give him the gossip. He didn't need anybody to give him the lowdown. He didn't need anybody to tell them anyone's secret because he is God Almighty and he knew everything, praise God, about everybody. And he knows everything about everybody. Amen. In the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, amen, when speaking uh, through John, the revelator, uh, talking to the seven churches of Asia Minor, we find these common words to each church. I know thy works. Praise the Lord. Amen. And let us not think for one minute that there is something going on in the annals of our minds, something that we are entertaining in our heart or our thought life that is not like God that he doesn't know about. Praise the Lord. You might hide it from your pastor. You might hide it from your parents. You might hide it from your spouse. You might hide it from your friends. You might hide it from your employer. But Jesus Jesus knows all about everything that pertains to you and I. He knows our thoughts afar off. He is acquainted with all of our ways. Amen. So saith the word of the Lord. So he didn't need anybody to tell him what was really going on in the back of this man's mind, no matter what he had already said, no matter how he had already presented himself or behave because I'll tell you I and I know this has got to be true for you have met some phonies in my time some people that can put on a good show outwardly but inwardly they are corrupt amen like an old dead grave that's full of bones praise the Lord hallelujah they say one thing with their mouth but their behavior betrays them praise the Lord because they're phonies they're fakes they're hypocrites but you don't have to be that Praise God. So Jesus looked at him and he loved him, the Bible says. And isn't that good to know? He loves us anyway. But let's get this straight. He doesn't love us so much so until we're going to get a free pass. What game is that that people play where you get a free pass? Monopoly or something like that where you get a free pass out of jail or wherever you want to go? There's no free passes down here if you don't obey the Lord. Hallelujah to God. He might love you, but you'll be lost if you don't obey him. Amen. And we just can't kind of get that thing through our head because we talk about love as if that, amen, it just makes up for all of our faults and failures and there's nothing we need to do. We can just come in and go out of God's presence, living any kind of way we want to live and it's all right. We're already in. But friend, I tell you, according to the Bible, not so. And if a preacher has told you otherwise, God never called him. He's a liar, praise God, because the Bible is saying different than what's coming out of his mouth. God loves you. He'll help you. He'll bless you. Amen. The Bible says he reigns on the unjust and on the just. But when it comes down to eternal life and living with him forevermore, there's something you and I must do. You've got to give up something. 
Matter of fact, it's got to be everything if you will inherit eternal life. And so, amen, looking again here in verse uh, 21. Uh, so, praise God, the Bible says he loved him. And he said, listen, I've got to tell you something. Amen. In some ways, you're not far from the kingdom. But, you know, in God's plan, you've got to score 100% on the test. You don't get away, amen, with a 99. Praise God. You've got to score 100% because he'll help you to get every answer right. Amen. I remember years ago, I was taking a course in college, and uh, it had been a long time since I had done this level of math. Uh, and something happened. I was praying about this because it was the final exam, and I'm saying, Lord, the old brains don't work like it used to. I need some help. You've got to work this out. You've got to help me. And, and something happened that never happened before. I never heard of anything like this happening. Before the final exam, the professor, my professor brought, he said, listen, those of you that want a little help uh, before you take the exam, you come here before the exam. I'll answer your questions. Not, not all the questions on the test now, but I'll answer your questions. I'll clear up any confusion in your mind. Amen. I, I couldn't believe what was happening, but see, the Bible tells me that with God, all things are possible. So he touched this man's heart. I believe it was for me. Praise the Lord. Now, I was in that room on time sitting there and I was asking questions. He was going through everything amen to help my dementia praise the Lord and let me tell you something. I went in and got an A on the test and an A in the course praise the Lord. So I'm here as a witness that the Lord will help you praise God. Whatever you are uh, falling short of amen if you come to him and bring it to him he'll help you. That's just a small example. But Jesus said listen you're missing something. You're missing something. You might have kept these old, all these six commandments. I'm not going to argue with you. But there's these other four uh, that you're not paying any attention to. And that's your relationship with God. And a lot of folks got buddies. They got friends. They got family. But they have no real relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's somebody that they catch up with on a Sunday morning. Somebody they might read a little devotional about if they're really good during the week. Praise God. But you've got to have a closer relationship with Jesus Christ than that. Amen. Somebody said this walk with Christ is more than a Sunday morning religion. Amen. And so Jesus said, I'll tell you what, let's get to the heart of the matter. He said, amen, give up everything, sell everything that you have and give it to the less fortunate, give it to the poor. He said, and you will have a treasure in heaven. Hallelujah. And come on and follow me. Amen. And when he said that, it was like a dart went through the man's heart. Jesus got right to the heart of the matter. Amen. And before I sit down today, he's going to prick your heart. Hallelujah. I don't know you, but he knows you and he's speaking through me to you. Amen. You can look at me like a man if you want to and think that that's all this to me but I've been anointed and sent by the Lord and used by God to speak to your condition and situation hallelujah to the Lord and so it's more than a mere man speaking to you amen this message is coming to you 
by the Holy Ghost. Let the church say, man, somebody pray with me. Don't just sit there and stare at me. Look at me. I'm not lecturing, praise God. I'm preaching the word of the Lord. Amen. And so the Bible makes it very clear here, amen, that he told him you've got to give up everything. You've got to engage in my suffering. Take up your cross, in other words, and follow me. Give yourself wholly and solely to me. And the Bible says in verse 22 that when he heard this, it was sad. It wasn't what he was expecting. After saying that he had kept those other six commandments from his youth up, he probably expected to hear, you all right, young man. You're doing a good job. Just stay on the same path you are, and you made it in. Praise God. The last thing he expected to hear was, amen, you've got something that you have not attended to that you need to do if you're going to inherit eternal life because although you've kept those six, you're still not right with God. Amen. Give up everything. Amen. Praise the Lord because, amen, you're trusting in those things, but you need to put your trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. He said, and come on and follow me. The Bible said the man was so sad that he was grieved. Do you see that in verse 22? Amen. He went away grieved. Amen. You grieve when you lose something that you count dear or important to you. Amen. Especially if it's a human being or something you think is dear to you. Praise God. When you lose that and you cannot get it back, you grieve that. You become extremely sorrowful. And he thought he was in. And now he finds out from Jesus, the author of life and eternal salvation, that although he kept the six, he was still out. He wasn't a thief, but he was out. He wasn't an adulterer, but he wasn't out. He wasn't a liar, but he was out. He wasn't covetous, but he was out. He obeyed his parents, but he was out. He didn't lie, but he was out. It's not your good works that's going to get you into the kingdom of heaven. It is giving up everything, especially yourself. Amen if you expect to be saved. If I have a witness, lift your hands and praise the Lord. Hallelujah to God. Amen. He went away grieved for he had great possession. Amen. He didn't want to give it up. And Jesus gave his disciples a little private lesson. Amen. And told them that it's going to be hard, very near impossible for people that have riches to enter into the kingdom of God. And when he said this in verse 24, the Bible Bible says his disciples were astonished at his word. Praise the Lord. And then Jesus made it a little clearer. He said, listen, let me tell you something, friends. Amen. What I'm saying to you is that it is going to be impossible for people that trust in money to be saved. Amen. If you have your Bible, turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 6. I want to read something to you from the word of the Lord. Praise God. I want you to see a scripture that many people have misquoted down through the years. Praise the Lord. First Timothy chapter 6. If you look at verse 10, amen, you'll see what the Bible says. Not what people say, but what the Bible
Bible says. The Bible says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. It didn't say money was the root of all evil. It said the love of money is the root of all evil. You think about the corruption that is going on in our society today. You think about the greed and the avarice that is being practiced. You think about how people are being ripped off and taken advantage of. And even though they might work, as it were, from sunup to sundown, they still can't seem to make ends meet. Praise God. It's because somebody's set the prices, amen, that loves money. Hallelujah to God. It doesn't make sense for you have to pay a whopper of a price for, 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 for medicine in this country and can go across the border and pay much less for the same medicine. I don't know if you all recall, but uh, just a few years ago, parents that needed that, that stick for their children's legs, amen, uh, that in case their children had an allergy, the price of that stick, amen, was, was not too bad. The insurance covered it, amen. But a year or two ago, the price got astronomical. How can young people just getting together and marrying, you're young, they're having children, amen. They're trying to make ends meet. They're trying to uh, keep their head above water. And then somebody who's got, as it were, everything, somebody who's wealthy, jacks the price up. Look at what they're paying for a mortgage. Look at what they're paying for rent. Look at the school loans they're paying back. Hallelujah to God. My God, my God. Amen. Listen, they got all this burden upon them. Uh, 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 look at the automobile. Look at the insurance prices. My God. And then on top of all that, you I'll give you a worse one. Look for child care. How bad that is. How high that is. And then some greedy person is going to jack up the price on medicine for children. You see, I'll, let me tell you. Amen. Let me just get on my soapbox for a minute. This is the problem I have. Amen. With America. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is a great country. A lot of folks fly the flag and sing America, America. God shed his grace on thee. But let me tell you something. If you're an American business person and you rip the rest of us off, amen, it's almost like you got your hand in front of your mouth snickering and laughing as you sing the song because it seems like you would treat your fellow Americans more fairly. Praise God. If the government is hiring you to do something and you're going to charge the average citizen $3 for a hammer, but if the government buys it for the military, that same hammer costs $300. Don't tell me you're for America. Praise God. Put your flag away. You're nothing but a crook. You're nothing but a thug. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah to God. Amen. You would think that people would treat one another as citizens fairly. Yeah, every business person ought to have the right to make a profit, but not at the expense of people that are just living every day and trying to make ends meet and go on in their world. So I, I got a problem with flag waivers that are using the American system, especially the economic system, to get rich themselves at somebody else's expense. As far as I'm concerned, they're talking out of two sides of their mouth. So let me get back here to the word of God. Amen. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10, the Bible says, the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, and the Bible says, don't covet, they have every 
heard from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Praise the Lord. You can't walk God wants you to walk and love money too. You can't be what God wants you to be and be a crook also. You can't rip other people off and be saved. Praise the Lord. Come on, saints. Amen. The Bible said the love of money is the root of all evil. We got a lot of evil in the land today, and I guarantee you it can all be traced back to the dollar. Hallelujah to God. Amen. If you look at verse, praise verse 17 of that same chapter. Look at the Bible with me. Paul says, charge them that are rich in this world. Talking to the saints now. Nothing wrong with having something as long as you don't trust it more than God or love it more than God. He says, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded. Stop being arrogant. Stop being proud because you got a little something. Amen. A lot of us came into the church and we didn't have nothing. Amen. We were weary, worn, and sad. We didn't have anything going for us and it galls me sometimes to see people acting arrogant and proud now that they sat under this ministry and we've poured into your life and now you want to act like you came out the womb with all this information and opportunity to succeed in life no the only reason you're succeeding now is because you've got somebody in the pulpit and leaders in this church who love you and are willing to share with you and encourage you and help you to grow in the Lord and to make it in life it's ain't nothing to do with most of you about anything you brought in here. Praise God, because if you look at some that came in here with you and they're gone, they're in jail, they're in a grave, they're deceived, they're messed up, and you would have been the same way if you didn't have your backside stapled to the pew and stay here. So stop acting proud and arrogant like you need to show everybody how good you are, how much you have, what you drive, where you live. Praise God. If you've got anything, it's just because the Lord has been merciful to you. Praise the Lord. And you need to give him the glory and you need to stop sitting there like you're too arrogant and too proud to stand up and clap your hand. Some of you come in here, praise God, you got a little suit on, you got a little shirt and a tie on, praise God. Amen. You didn't have that when you came in here. Some of you got a hat on your head now. You got nice dresses and skirts and tops and shoes on your feet, praise God. You didn't have that when you came in here. Praise God. You are what you are by the grace of God. The Lord has helped you. The Lord has blessed you. The Lord has done great things for you whereof you are glad and you owe him a praise. You owe him glory. You need to say just like the songwriter, I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. Satan had me bound. I was a mess. I should have been dead but look at me now just because of the grace of God. Paul said, there go I. Hey! But by the grace of God. And so if you got anything, praise God, don't be walking around looking like you're something and don't look down on others because we are all there in the same cesspool of sin. Hallelujah. And just frankly, some of us wouldn't be alive right now if Jesus didn't bring us in and we hear somebody preaching the truth from the word of God, pricked our hearts, and we gave up everything for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lord. 
Oh, thank you, Lord. So he says, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches. Do you not know? Look at what's going on in the stock market over the last week or so. These talking heads in the United States, especially these very liberal ones, it's like they want coronavirus. They want coronavirus to be over here. I guess you're looking for a way, amen, to try to blame that on, on President Trump too. Uh, he ain't doing enough. There's only 14 or 15 people, uh, 330 million in the country, 15 folk got coronavirus. Why do we all need to go under the pew? We need to take precaution, but don't let the devil intimidate you with fear. Just the same folk who are offering their mind about everything else, talking craziness. Ain't nobody around you got coronavirus. That's right, that's right. What you nervous for? What you got a mask on for? It gets me sometimes to see people just so worried and, and singing, Jesus, I love you, I love you, I trust you, I trust you. And they got a mask on. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't take wise precaution, but what you worried about coronavirus, ain't nobody in your state got it. Nobody in New Jersey, nobody in New York State, not just the city, nobody in Connecticut, nobody in Massachusetts, nobody in Rhode Island, nobody in New Hampshire, nobody in New Vermont, nobody in Maine. You're not going to catch coronavirus because somebody out on the West Coast got it and they breathed. Come on, saints. Let's, let's, let's start putting our trust in the Lord and act like we got some sense. Don't sit up there and watch that old crazy news. Most of these people, I'll call their names in terms of their station. Most CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, you need to turn that old mess off. Those folks are out of their mind. You sit up and listening to them. If you're not careful, if you take blood pressure medicine, you might have to take two pills. Because they lie and they intimidate, praise the Lord, and want to make you feel that the world is something other than what it really is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, saints, we ought to love truth. And when somebody's lying to us, we ought to turn them off. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says, don't be high-minded nor trusting in certain riches, but in the living God. Trust in the Lord. He's the one that gives us the richly all things to enjoy. He says, here's what you do if you got a little something. Do good. Come on now. Do good. He said, if you're rich, be rich in good works, ready to share, huh? willing to communicate, to distribute, and to share, Laying up in store for yourself a good foundation against the time to come. He's focusing on us spiritual things, not natural things, that they may lay hold on what? Eternal life. Praise God. If, amen, the Bible makes it very clear to us. If ye then be risen with Christ, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, seek those things that are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Amen. Don't get your mind focused on this flesh because your flesh and Everything in this world is decaying and going to go back to where it came from. That's why we need everlasting life. The church say amen. Amen. I'm back over in the gospel according to Mark chapter 12, chapter 10 again. 
Praise the Lord our God. Hallelujah to the Lord. Mm -hmm. So he told his disciples, praise God. Rich folk are going to find it hard to get in here. They were astonished. The verse 26 said they were astonished out of measure, out of measure. Amen. Saying among themselves, who then can be saved? Hallelujah. Many of us in here ought to be a witness, amen, that it doesn't make a difference where you're coming from, what you've done, how you, what side of the tracks you've been born on, how your life has been messed up, amen, that Jesus Christ can deliver you. Huh? Jesus Christ can deliver you. Praise the Lord. Amen. And I ought to be getting a bigger amen for Jesus than that. Praise God. Somebody said I was sinking deep in sin. Far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me. You're here because the Lord lifted you up. Out of the miry clay and the sin of life. Praise God. He placed your feet on a rock to stay. And Jesus Christ is that rock. That solid foundation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why nobody ought to have to crank us up. All we need to do is think on his goodness. And all that he's done for us. And our soul ought to cry out hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Things that are impossible with men are possible with God. How many things are possible with God? The Bible says all things. Praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, all things are possible with God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. One other scripture says, with God nothing shall be impossible. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And Peter began saying unto him, Lo, we have left all. We've left everything to follow you. Because that's what it's going to take if you're really going to follow Jesus. You need to let go of everything that's not like him. And even things that may not be that bad, you can't love them more than you love him. Huh? Praise the Lord. And Jesus made it clear. Here's where he comes close. But a lot of folks don't want to hear this because they're so attached to flesh and their family. They, Jesus said, listen, let me say this to you. There is no man. That's a generic term. There's no body, in other words, that has left house, brethren, sisters, father, mother, wife, or you could say spouse, or children, or land, for my sake and the gospels. He said, well, what are you telling me? I got to hate my people? He's not telling you to hate your people. He's saying you got to love him more. You've got to love him more. And this is the thing a lot of folks can't get through their head and in their heart. Jesus ought to mean more to you than your very natural life. For it's in him that we live and move and have our being. He ought to mean him, Jesus Christ, and his truth ought to mean more to you than your mama. That might be tough. I guess so. It was tough to hear back then. Praise the Lord. But if you're going to follow this Jesus, he requires total commitment to him. 
He's not telling you to do your family wrong or not take care of business, but you better love him. All right, how much do you have to love him? Turn over to chapter 12 of this same book. Praise the Lord. Let's take a look at verse 30. Let's see how much we have to love Jesus. Because see, folk come in here and, and they try to pull a fast one. I don't know what they're thinking. Listen, I, I, ain't too many more things left here to fool me. Let me tell you something else. I've seen you before. I've been in this a long time. I've seen you before. Last time I saw you, you were a different height, a different weight, huh? maybe even a different skin color. That don't make a difference to me. That's foolishness anyway. Because by one God, blood has God made all nations for to dwell on the face of the earth. That's what the Bible says. Praise the Lord. I have seen, in other words, the spirit and the mentality that's operating in you before. Praise the Lord. So it's nothing new. But you better realize that not only if I know it, you better know God knows it. Because he knows everything about each one of us, including me. Praise the Lord. And so here's what Jesus said. In Mark chapter 12, verse 30. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Is that what he said? Your emotions. Huh? Let's get your emotions straight. Because this is the thing that's going to keep most folks out. They can't get a handle on their feelings. I'm not finished with that. But he said, with all your heart. Praise the Lord. Huh? Is that right? What else did he say? And with all thy soul. Amen. That's a part of you you can't even see. Invisible. Connects you with God and man, particularly man. All your soul. That's not all. And with all thy mind, your thoughts need to come under obedience to Christ. Praise the Lord. Because as I said, there's a lot of phonies out here. They say one thing but do another. They sit up in here looking good, but outside of here, they're like devils. Huh? Anybody that sit up in here clapping their hands, patting their feet, saying they love Jesus, and go outside there and say something wicked or evil or nasty to their brother or sister, you're not saved yet. The Bible says, how can you say you love God who you have not seen and hate your brother? You need to come right back to this altar and ask the Lord to have mercy on you, forgive you, and you need to go to your brother and sister and say, would you please forgive me? I was wrong. Huh? Praise the Lord. Nobody should be threatening anyone in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Praise God. Not in a church like this. You're not sitting up in a place where folk are packing and, amen, they're out clubbing and drinking and carousing and huh, cheating. That's not the kind of church this is. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so for you to sit up here amongst a holy people, let me tell you something. If you don't get that straight soon, God's going to move you out of here. Amen. 
You're not going to sit up in a congregation like this. If you don't believe me, read Psalm 1. You're not going to sit up in the congregation of the righteous. Praise the Lord. So you better get busy even today. You ought to get it right before you take communion. Amen. We're supposed to be kind to one another. Praise the Lord. Amen. You don't speak the old street talk to people. You're supposed to be saved and they're supposed to be saved. You're irresponsible, not what you ought to be, and then you're going to get angry with somebody who's calling you out, calling you on the carpet. They're telling you the truth. That's the only thing that's going to make you free is the truth. Praise the Lord. And the Bible tells us to be long-suffering. Some people have suffered a long time with you. Amen. Amen. And so you need to straighten up and fly right. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Love him with all your mind and with all your strength. That's how much you got to love the Lord. With everything. Everything. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus goes on to say, I'm back in Mark chapter 10. Verse 30. If you give up everything, he gave you a promise in this life and a life to come, didn't he? He said, but if you give up everything, you'll receive a hundredfold now in this time. This is what people do. See, this is the thing. This is the thing, Elder. I don't know how it's going to be on the other side, but if, if it was possible, and I don't know what the Lord exactly, what he's going to do, all the details, but some of us, we need the Lord to show us what our life would have been like. Because we ain't got enough sense to pray. So, so I don't know what it is about people. They're arrogant. They sit up in the church like, like they're doing God a favor. They decline everything. They got a bad attitude sitting in a good church, not in some place being messed over, ripped off, cheated, and lied to. But they'll sit up in a church like this, and they act like they're doing God and the pastor and the saints a, 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 a service, a good service. I'm glad to be here, Elder. I'm glad to be here. Not just because I'm the pastor. I'm glad to be in the true church. I'm glad somebody has courage enough to, to speak the truth and to, and to love me on top of that. Believe me, you could do a lot worse. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The folks sit right up in the church like they're doing God a favor. Like he ought to worship them because they, they showed up. You got a reasonable portion of life, health, and strength. You ought to be running around here giving God thanks and praise for all. Even if you do have some tough times, you need to get out more and look around so you can find that there's some folks that have, they're worse off than you. And let me tell you something. Else. Ain't got no Holy Ghost and not complaining. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. The Bible tells me, he said, listen, I'm going to tell you something. 
you give up everything for me, I'll bless you. I'll bless you. I'll bless you right here. Is he telling the truth? I'm talking about some of y'all that are giving up everything to follow Jesus. Did he just tell the truth? He said, listen, I'm going to give you a hundredfold more than what you had if you follow me. See, the problem with some of us, this is where I was headed. You need to see what your life would have been because you thought you were on the trek going upward. You don't know what was going to happen to you. Years ago, I used to hear some saint said he snatched me like a branch from the burning. You thought you were going up, but you don't know that you were headed to your demise. Hmm? You thought you were doing well, but you were a week or two away from some cancer breaking out in your body and eating your flesh alive, and you don't know God. You don't know a man of God to come and pray for you. I'm not talking about a cigarette-sucking man loving another man, man loving somebody else's daughter or wife preacher. You didn't know a preacher that could come and pray for you and ask the Lord to heal you. Huh? Some of you, amen, the, the law enforcement was on your trail. Some of you were in bad situations with somebody you had no business being with. For all you knew, praise God, they were about to blow you away. You don't know where you were going, what was going to happen to you. But before the devil could take you out, the Lord snatched Hallelujah. He came your way. He came your way. And even for you self-righteous folks that weren't involved in the worst part of life, you are full of filthy self-righteousness. Huh? Depending on your pedigree, on somebody else's pocketbook, you thought you were prima donna. All have sinned. That's Bible. That's Bible. I don't care how philanthropic, all have sinned. Hallelujah. Look around and see sometimes family members who have yet to come to Christ and sometimes what they're going through. It could have been you. It could have been you. But the Lord found you. Some of us have to admit we weren't even really looking for him. He sent someone our way. How many are witnesses of that? He interrupted your life, didn't he? Didn't he? He interrupted your life. Praise God. Amen. This brother testified sometime how he just came to get somebody off his back. He got them off his back and he got on Jesus' back because he knows he's a burden bearer, isn't he? He'll carry you through, won't he? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's why, praise God, when we sing that song sometime, I owe God a praise. Everybody in here ought to be walking on top of the pews. Because you do owe him a praise. Because who knows where you would be right now if it wasn't for coming to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So he said, I'm going to give you a hundredfold more than what you would have had. Amen. Isn't that what he said? He said, I'm going to do it in this world before you leave here. Houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, and children. That sounds like the church to me. 
Y'all didn't say an amen. He didn't mean he was just going to increase the size of your natural family. He was going to take you and put you in his family. Stand up for a minute. Because I, I, I'm scared of that back part of the church. I sat back there Friday night and I said, Lord, God Almighty, I need to do something. Because I know folk back there ain't engaged. I don't know how you can be engaged sitting so far away from me. I'm almost tempted to ask you just to come up here and fill right in on the front seats. Huh? But let me tell you something. Amen. You need to grab somebody by the hand. Because these are your brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. And, you, and you're talking to a brother and you say, praise the Lord, brother. See, some people, some people think that, excuse me for going off here, but it's just the truth anyhow. They think when they come into a church that has some kind of a southern influence that this is just a black thing. Listen, I ain't about black things. I'm about Jesus things. Amen. This ain't a black thing. Get that devilish American no notion out of your head. We're concerned about souls being saved, and I never saw a black soul, white soul, red soul, brown soul, or even a green one. All souls are mine, God said. So look at somebody next to you. Get them by the hand. Get them by the hand. Get them by the hand. Amen. And say, praise the Lord, brother. If you got a sister, don't call her a brother. Come on now. Come on. Praise the Lord, sister. All right. I'm going I'm to I'm shave you a little closer. Get him back by the hand. Go, go, you can go get that, brother, because he's left out. Get him by the hand. Look him in the eye. And say, you are my, go ahead, whether they're a sister or a brother. Sister or a brother. Y'all get it? Do you get it? You get it? That can't be just words. That's got to be authentic. That's got to be genuine. That's got to be real. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get rid of this divisive devil that has separated people. I don't care if you've come to Caribbean. You're in America now. You're an apostolic fellowship church, and it's not about Jamaica. It's about everybody. I don't want to hear that foolishness. It's about everybody. You are my brother. You are my sister. And this ain't no worldly talk. This is Bible. Now, if you ain't got it that yet, there's still a big lot of room up front. Come on and call on Jesus until he really fill you with the Holy Ghost. Because he didn't fill you with the Holy Ghost for you to look funny as somebody that don't look like you, sound like you, talk like you, or eat exactly the same things you eat. All of it's food. All of it's food. All of it is food. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So you need to you need to let you need to give yourself completely to Jesus. Because he got you in a big family. Do you all see that in verse 30? You're gonna get a hundredfold now. Look at some some of y'all stand up for a minute. And just turn turn around if you if you in the Front, turn around, take a look in the back, just a little bit. Let me tell you something. Some of you, I'm not picking on you, but just telling you the truth. Some of you, if it wasn't for the church of Jesus Christ, you wouldn't have this many friends. 
let alone family. I don't believe in last name foolishness. I believe you ought to treat everybody the same. You ought to care for your natural family, but when you've been born into the family of God, last names are unimportant. Do right by everybody. Love everybody. Treat everybody the same. Treat everybody right. Get rid of that worldly, devilish, demonic thinking. Because then you become somebody who shows respecter of persons. And the Bible said if you have that, it's sin. You might not commit adultery, but you got a respecter of persons. It's sin. Uh, you, you, you don't, okay, you can sit down now. I just want you to look around. Because some of us aren't as friendly as we ought to be. But this goes beyond friendship. This is your family. That's what he meant. And let me tell you, we got brothers and sisters we don't even know. How about that? Because the church of Jesus Christ is all over the world. And when you meet somebody that's really filled with the Holy Ghost and you begin to share your story, you, both of you quicken it. Both of you liable to break out speaking with other tongues as the Spirit give utterance. If you find somebody that's true and that's right and that's real and that really loves the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And let me tell you something else. See, this is the thing y'all need to get. You need to stop worrying about your last name your daddy gave you or your mother kept. I'm just telling you the truth. And realize that all of us are Jesuses. That's the only name that really matters. Were you baptized in his name? Because that's how you get in this family. You've got to be baptized in his name. Not in his titles. You've got to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. You take him on by water baptism. Then that name is the only name that matters. Is your last name Jesus? Yes, sir. All right, then. All right, I'm going to zoom in. I'm going to zoom in. I'm going to really zoom in. Since the Lord got me going down this path with all this dissension and division, especially in this country, amen. His last name is McKinney, but he don't know if that's really McKinney or not. He didn't come from Africa with a name like McKinney. He didn't come from Africa with a name like McKinney no more than I came from Africa with a name Geddes. There's only a few of you who might have the name that way back when had. The rest of us, somebody gave us a label. Amen. And we got the nerve to hold on to our Somebody just gave you a label like pinning a tail on a donkey. And you worried about your name. The only name you need to be worried about is Jesus. In his name, every knee shall bow. Hallelujah. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus is the Lord. Hallelujah. To the glory of God the Father. He said, I'll give you all this, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers. We got church mothers here, don't we? Amen. Children. There are lots of children in this church. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. You feel bored, just go get with some of those kids. Amen. Go help out a parent that's trying to take care of three, four, five all by themselves. You, 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 you'll get another experience. 
Hallelujah to God. Thank you, Jesus. All kind of brothers and sisters and mothers and children. He said, land. I, I'll even give you land. How many of you are blessed to own a little something? I'm not trying to embarrass you, but how many of you own something? Huh? It comes from the Lord. It comes from the Lord. Huh? Now, here's the caveat. He said, I'm going to give you a hundred times more of all these things than you would have had, but if you're going to walk with me, you're going to be persecuted. You don't get persecuted if you don't stand for truth. You don't get persecuted and talked about and despised if you are compliant with every worldly idea and notion. You don't get looked at funny if you go along with everything. Praise the Lord. Amen. If they're telling you on your job, the bathroom's open to anybody. You're a female, and they're going to send somebody who is a male. Because God only made two, male and female. This is a lie from the pit of hell. There's no such thing as a transgender. No such thing. God made them male and female. And a male better not love a male, and a female better not love a female sexually. Because that is abomination. It's not hate speech. It's not hate speech. It's what God said. And let God be true and every man a liar. Even if a person doesn't believe like the Bible says. It's not like I said. It's what the Bible says. Even if a person doesn't believe what the Bible says, don't mean you treat them wrong, but doesn't mean you go along with everything that they believe and do either. Just like God won't accept you unless you give up everything, you don't have to accept any and everything off people when they start going contrary to what God has revealed. He told uh, uh, Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply, didn't he? When the flood waters recited, he told Noah's sons, be fruitful and multiply because they had their wives there. It wasn't just Noah and Mrs. Noah and their three sons. Each of their three sons had wife. And those are one of the three lines. We, I wish I had you here for all day. I'd keep you all day so I could teach you something. Because there was Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Ham done had his day in terms of the darker people in the world. Huh? Shem done had his day in terms of uh, Abraham and the Shemites and all those that came through Abraham's loins, Arabs and Israel, they had their day. Now it's Japheth. It's Japheth's turn. The people that come down a little lighter skin. The world can mess you up and have you ignorant and talking crazy because in Western civilization, people try to act like the, only, the world got civilized with Greek. Ain't no world gets civilized with no Grecians. Huh? The Grecians didn't build pyramids. There were great civilizations on the continent of Africa where it all began in Mesopotamia where uh, Abraham came from before there was any Abraham, a Greek or, or uh, uh, what's that man's name, the Greek man there, Alexander the Great. All them people were centuries before him. 
huh? Now we let these crazy people with a lot of hate in their heart and just an opportunity to look to rip people off. Get in our heads crazy notions about one another. It's good to know the truth. And if Noah only had three sons and Ham has had his day and Shem has had his day and Japheth is having his day, that means Jesus is soon to come because there ain't no more. He only had three sons. He only had three sons. And so that means Jesus is coming soon. Every major group of people have had their day now in terms of running the world. Now Jesus is coming. And we had better be ready. Hallelujah. 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 So he said, I'll give you much more. But you're going to be persecuted if you love the Lord. He, you're going to be persecuted. But he said, I'm also going to give you eternal life. Now, some of y'all are young, and it don't mean much to you now because you feel like you still got another 60, 70, 80 years ahead of you. But some of us ain't that age no more. And we don't know if we got five, four, three, two, one. Done. <laughs> Amen. Most of us probably won't be Mother Denton. We ain't going to get there. Five, four, three, two, one, done. Amen. So talking about eternal life sounds good to me. <laughs> How about you, Deke? You old. How about it? How about it? Sound good, don't it? Yeah, sound good. The older I get, the more I love eternal life. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, if you're young now, you ought to thank God for it. Because if you have the Holy Ghost, the Bible says you have a power of an endless life in you right now. Because nobody in reality knows when they're going to leave this world. Praise God. Amen. I need to stop. But let me tell you something. I've been looking at this a long time. And the number one thing that blocks most people from giving their life to Jesus is flesh. They're tied up into some man, some boy, some woman, some girl. That stands in their way. I would give my life to the Lord, but I really don't want to give up Susie. I would give my life to the Lord, but I don't really want to give up Johnny. Because you're going to have to let him go for Jesus. Oh, you're going to have to let him go. And you're going to have to let him, huh? You're going to have to let him make a decision about Jesus for himself. I don't believe in this going out in the world and grabbing a man and bring him in here and you're going to marry him. You know I don't play that game. Nor vice versa. Praise the Lord. Let the Lord bring them in. If you should happen to talk to them about Christ and they come in and you're a female, turn them over to the brothers. If you should happen to uh, talk to a female about Jesus and she come to the church, as quick as you get through those doors, turn her over to the sisters and you get out of the picture. Because if they're only in here for a piece of flesh, you're going to die and go to hell. Because when you start getting involved in fornication, sex outside of marriage, you're out of the Bible. That's sin. I don't care what these people say out here. There used to be a time in these United States 
when fornication or having sex outside of marriage was frowned upon. If you living with somebody that wasn't your husband or wife, you better go back in the back corner somewhere and do it. If you're a young lady and you got pregnant, they were liable to send you far away to some other members of your family until that baby was born. Nobody had a shower for you because you had a baby out of wedlock. There were no grandmothers that bounced illegitimate children on their knee. Now you think the world is full of hate. The world used to be full of a godly standard, even in this country. But we're to the place now where we have a pact with sin. But the wages of sin is death. That's what the Bible says. Praise the Lord. Amen. I don't believe a child that's born out of wedlock because maybe some that are sitting right here, maybe that well, you have no say-so over that. We don't mistreat people like that or look up their heritage. Or their, their, you, you, you come to this church, ain't no, there's no question. They're going to going look into your background. We don't play FBI, KGB, or CIA. All that matters is you came and you repented from your sin and gave your life to Jesus Christ. I'm just speaking about the realities of life. Don't you think that what's being accepted in our society today is normal? Not even this country was like it is today with regard to morals. Amen. And so some people can't come to Christ because they're too tied in to the flesh. It could be a girlfriend, a boyfriend. Quite frankly, it could be a husband or a wife. They're unwilling to give up flesh for Jesus Christ and eternal life. And when I say give it up, I mean love Jesus more and be obedient to him and do not comply or cower under intimidation or pressure from the other person. If you don't stay with me and go to the club, I ain't going to sleep with you. I'll divorce you. I'll get rid of you. That's the devil. Don't you know the devil? He ain't red. He don't have no horns. He don't got no pitchfork. And he don't have a long tail with a spear on the end. He's a spirit. And he operates through people. Quite often he operates through people. He'll get in somebody and act up. Amen. They'll threaten you. I'll leave you. If you go to that church, I'll leave you. <laughs> you know, that might be the best thing that ever happened to you because you're about to get involved with somebody who is out their mind. Listen, anybody that's angry with you for loving Jesus Christ, something wrong with them. I don't care if it's your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife, your mama, your daddy, something wrong with them. Because they ought to be glad that you love Jesus with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Because if you love Jesus the way you ought to, you're going to love them too. Amen. You're not going to abuse them and take advantage of them if you really love Jesus. Amen. Because you're going to obey him. Praise the Lord. People come into church and they're doing okay for a while. Then they feel the threat of the enemy pulling against them in the form of flesh. And for some of you, it may not be always a strong sexual tie. It's emotions. Were you born with him? You weren't born with him. Why you need him? Were you born with her? 
Did both of you come out the womb, your mother's womb at the same time, and they've been, you've been holding hands ever since? Let them go. Listen, what kind of relationship can you have if somebody's always threatening to leave out of it anyway? There's no trust there. There's no real love there. Anybody that threatens to leave you, that doesn't cause you to want to, to build that relationship, to work on it, to make it go better, grow stronger. Listen, let me tell you something. Peter said in Acts chapter 2, save yourself from this wicked and ugly. Because you know what? When you stand before God, you're not coming up there with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, or your wife, or your children, or your parents. You're going to stand before God alone. And he didn't want to hear about nobody but you. People that love Jesus are the best thing that ever happened to you. People that hate Jesus can be a nightmare for you if you mess around and follow them. Huh? Don't let somebody that doesn't know Jesus lead you out of the church. This is the best thing that ever happened to you. To come to know Jesus Christ. The devil's a liar. He's a woofer. Huh? He'll threaten you. He'll try to intimidate you. You go to that church, you get saved, we're through. You know tell me, we're already through there. I guess we never were really. An item, is that what they say? An item? Is that a